This is Mission Work Optional, sponsored by True Wealth and Company. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to secure your family's investment legacy, create a work optional lifestyle, accomplish all items on your bucket list, and ensure your money outlives you. This podcast will self-destruct in 30 minutes. And now, here's this week's mission with your host, Brian Sarf of True Wealth and Company. Welcome to Mission Work Optional. I'm Brian Sarf, and with me every week is Brian Paulson. We are here every Tuesday at 5 a.m., and we hope you are too. You can find the Mission Work Optional podcast on iTunes, Anchor.fm, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, how about that stock market, huh? It's been a kind of a wild ride. I've been pretty, got pretty frothy this summer, fell apart a little bit lately, and, uh, you know, as always, the media is overblowing everything. You know, these types of corrections are as common as dirt. Um, we've had a ton of them. Typically, we lose about 15% every year. At some point during the year, it doesn't mean the market closes down 15%, but you have a 15% correction during the year, almost every year that the stock market's been around, and it's just part of the normal thing. And they, the media wants you to believe this time it's different, and you got to climb up to the top of the crow's nest and dive off your boat into the ocean and swim away, saying, I will forever leave stocks and equities. I'm only going to be cash and bonds. Well, bonds are losing too. Sorry about that. It's amazing what I see when I read the papers and the magazines and, and then watch you know a little bit of the television that's out there, Brian, and just to see the, the advice of of the media is that this is going to continue. It's terrible. It's horrible. It's going to fall apart. And all we see is disaster down below and it's just going to fall everywhere. And they spread all this fear for a lot of time for no good reason. Well, it's for one good reason. And that is because what they've discovered is we don't tune into the news to hear good stories. Human nature is designed to hear bad stories. So the news needs to drive their marketing, needs to drive their advertising. So they're going to talk about everything that goes bump in the night profit baby yep it's not it's not for the benefit of you and i it's for the benefit of of their bottom line so we got to be conscious of that and not not always tune into them and they're not all that way it's a generality in general that's that way there are some 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 level-headed folks out there that see that this is normal this is not abnormal and so what we follow what we look at is you know we we got to start first to go back in the title of the show is mission work optional it's how do you build a work optional lifestyle? And how you build a work optional lifestyle is by having your clarity of what's most important to you in your life. It's our proprietary process is called the True Life Map Formula. And the formula being family, occupation, recreation, and then money. Notice I didn't say money first. We start with what are your family goals first? What are your occupational goals? If you're retired, that means that might be babysitting the grandkids, that might be volunteering, that might be scrapbooking, that might be hobby, it might be a part-time job. If you're working, you know what occupation means. Might be golf, God bless you. Might be golf, <laughs> we like that, we like that. And then you have the recreation, it's all the fun stuff that you wanna do in your life because you, you don't work all this time and save all this money not to have these great experiences with your spouse and with your kids and with your grandkids to go and enjoy you know, the fruits of your labor. And then money is next. Once you know family, occupation, and recreation, and you have a, a clarity, it's why the logo is a, is a compass. And the compass is not pointed by, by me or by you, Brian, or by anybody at True. 
it's pointed by our clients. Our clients choose what direction they want to point their compass in. What impact do you want to have in your family? What do you want to do with your time, either before or after retirement? And what do you want to do recreational-wise for fun prior to retiring and when you retire? Let's figure out what that is. What does all that cost? What, what does all that look like? And then we take the money, and, we, and, and the money follows the compass and the direction of where we're headed, and that's our formula. And that formula is like a, like a good recipe that you follow every day, you know, especially now the holidays are coming up. Everybody's going to crank out their favorite recipe and they're going to follow it. And what are the two things, Brian, that every recipe has when you pull one up on the internet and you look at it or pull it up on your iPad, what does it show? You always know the ingredients and you know what temperature you're going to cook it at and for how long. Yes. And, and as well, I, I think you had to, you know that, you know things. the output, right? You know what you're making. Yeah. But you got to put them in certain order. Mm-hmm. And you got to know what measure they're going to be. And that's what your setting is, is that, you know, first we got to figure out what your personal recipe is that you want to cook. What are the family goals, the inputs there? What are the occupational, the recreational, right? I mean, those are your inputs that are going to create that beautiful recipe of of what you're trying to, to create for yourself. And then behind that, our recipe as a company is we've helped hundreds of people retire. All right, this is my 16th year in the business of helping folks plan for retirement. And we have a recipe that we follow that has a lot of inputs in it, but you don't need all of them today, but they're there as your needs evolve and your life unfolds. We have those different recipes that we can, that we can trot out that we know, like how to maximize social security. We have a process that we follow for that. We follow a specific recipe to help you figure out what that is. If you have to figure out life insurance or healthcare or long-term care or saving for college, we have a recipe and a formula to follow that, and we know the outcome based on the compass and the direction that the clients are going to point which way we're headed. What I think is amazing is I would say a good 95% of the people that initially come in and talk with us, the first question out of their mouth is, how much do I need yeah, in retirement? Do right? I have enough? Or do I have enough? Mm-hmm. That's kind of like taking that recipe and saying, well, how much, how much do I need to make? Well, how many people are showing up? You know, sometimes my whole family comes and visits us for Thanksgiving. I better make more for that tr- that Thanksgiving dinner than when it's just Amy, the boys, and I. Yeah. So that's why we start with family occupation and recreation because we need to know what are you trying to feed? What are you trying to accomplish? And I think it, what ties in with it is that when we when we look at it, and I want you all to think of this in the light of the market, the stock market, and what's happening. Just beat trying beating the S and P is not a goal. The goal is. When you look at what you want to accomplish for your family, what you want to accomplish with your occupation, and what you want to accomplish with your recreation and fun, we have to look at how does that lay out cash flow-wise? Monthly, annually, what's the growth going to be on that? Then we have to look at how much have you saved already? What income paychecks do we know you're going to have? Social Security, pensions, rental income, things like that. And then once we know how much you need to spend, and how much you already have that's coming in, in cash flow to, to help you make that spend, then we have to look at your assets and figure out what rate of return do those assets need to generate so that you can do everything you dream of on your list. And then we can get to the point to say, okay, you want to do all of this, but the money you have is only going to support 50% of that at a reasonable growth rate of the stock market. Okay, And if it comes back, it has to make 15% every year to do what you want to do. It's not realistic. So we can't even build a plan to accomplish that because it's a plan that's not going to work. So then we have to look and how do we prioritize? What are the things that I have to accomplish? What are the things I, I want to accomplish? And what are the things if, if somehow we have enough, I'll do it. 
and then you can begin to, to, to put it together. The other part of that is, you know, it may come back that you need 15% return, but you're a conservative investor and you think, you know, I'm only comfortable taking enough risk, you know, 20 or 30% of my money in the stock market, not all of it. So, you know, maybe then you're way off your, the, the mark, but we have to make sure that everything's able to head in the same direction. And then once we know how much you need to spend, how much you have coming in, and a realistic rate of return on the money you have, then we can position that in a portfolio that's pointed in the direction of your compass to help you accomplish those goals. And the goal becomes, for your investments, it's what your family return need to be, and that's what we're after. So if I put a plan together, which I had some clients in yesterday, they need a 5.5% rate of return on average over the long haul to do everything their hearts desire. To leave the money they want to their kids, to live the lifestyle they want, to travel when they want, to gift for who they need to gift to, you know, to buy everything they need, to take care of health care and that, they need 5.5% rate of return. And that's what we're trying to accomplish for them. I could care less what the markets do. And so knowing what that is and having that laid out, then that becomes the barometer that we're going after. And then we can, then you can build a portfolio that can go after that. But just having a goal that I have to beat the S&P every year, I mean, you're going to be disappointed most of the time because it's just not a realistic goal that you can beat it all the time. And that's what the, the media drums in your head that you have to beat the S&P. And in reality, you don't. You just need to find what rate of return do you need to make everything work and go with it because most people I know are not comfortable 100% of their money in the market. Well, and most people, the reason that their target is beating the S&P is because they haven't done the first step, which is defining what are my family goals, my occupation goals, mm -hmm. my recreational goals. Once you understand that, there seems to always be a point in time and it seems to be when the kids are in middle school and you start realizing that they're about ready to be out of the house where people's attitudes start to change. They realize I better take advantage of the opportunities I've got with my kids while they're still here because mm -hmm. they uh, hopefully after college, they're not still here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the <laughs> got to move is, out of the basement, boys. Yeah, the goal is not for them to go to college and come back That's and right. out the house permanently. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. So all of a sudden that puts a, a, a highlight on, well, you know, my, my family goals are really important and doing everything I can to make the most money by how I work and by investing as, with as much risk as I possibly can, that starts to change. Mm -hmm. People start looking at more what their goals are and that carefree investing that we did in the 30s when we were 30 years old starts to change. It does, and it, and it really becomes goal-focused and that you're running after once you have that established and you put it together. Once you can figure that out, and that's where we look at, if I look at our process, if you can imagine two circles side by side and overlap them a little bit in the middle, and in the middle of that is on the, the left circle says matters and the right circle says control, and in the middle where they overlap is where our life map formula is. It's what are the matters that are most important to you that you have control over? That's where we want to have that life map formula to live and for it to work for you and it's all based on that family, occupation, recreational goals. That's the why. That's why you get up early in the morning. It's why you stay up late. It's why you take on the extra work projects, why you start a business, on and on and on. But that's all empowered by the how is the money and the money piece of it and building that. That then sets the course for that compass. And that sets all the ingredients for the recipe to build what, that, what outcome you want to have. And what we're here as an advisor is to see, is it realistic? Does it make sense? I remember in, in when I started in the business in 03, I had folks coming in to sit down with me. And if you remember then, the markets were just on fire, right? We'd already had the pullback from 01 and 02. 
And when you got to 03, 04, and 05, the market really started to take off. And you had clients that came in and said, hey, the advisor down the street tells me that I can take, I'll make 10% every year and I can take a 10% withdrawal for my money and I'll be fine. And so what had happened with those guys was they, they had uh, started that program in 99. So you got a million bucks, you can take out a hundred grand a year and you're going to go forever because the market made more than 10% a year on average. Three years in, the market drops 30%. That hundred thousand is at 700,000 and they took out a hundred thousand three years in a row. They've taken out 300,000. The market took away about 300,000. And now they're left with about 400000 bucks in the bank off of their million. And they're only three years into retirement. And they say, what do I do now? I, I need, you know, I still need my hundred grand a year. Well, you're going back to work. It was set up incorrectly from the beginning on an unrealistic, you know, number to pull from your investments. I mean, you shouldn't pull more than 5% a year out. You can push it to five and a half for, the, for some that are more aggressive investors, but you typically don't want to get more than five. And if you read all the literature out of K-State and their CFP program and and all the literature they produce, they're saying it's four and a half. And you've got to remember all the inputs. And what we see regularly is people are coming in, well, this is what I spend today. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, how much does uh, health care cost? How much is your Medicare B mm-hmm. going to cost you? Mm-hmm. How much is long-term care going to cost? Mm-hmm. Well, I hadn't thought about that. Mm-hmm. Now the number changes. Yeah, but you put all that together, that, yeah, gives you that, that gives you that recipe to figure out what's realistic. And once you have that realistic plan, there's not so much conversation and worry on, on the investments because – if your plan requires you to beat the S&P, as I said earlier, you will, you will be disappointed most of the time. Here's yeah. why. Of, there are 80, I believe it's 84 years of returns for the Dow. And most everybody out there would tell me, if I said, what rate of return would you like to, to earn in your portfolio every year? And what I hear time and time again is 8 to 12%. Usually it's 8 to 10 now. It was 8 to 12 when it was a little frothy years ago. But now it's, if I can get 8 to 10% a year, I'd be fat and happy. And that's what I want. Well, what I can tell you is in 84 years of the stock market, it's only closed between 8 and 12%, like six times. So there's 84 years out there. So 78 of those 84 years either closed above it or closed below it. It doesn't close at 8 to 12. It's unrealistic to expect that from the market when it's not how it works. It comes in huge clumps where they have massive return on the upside, and it comes with a lot of terrible returns that are around zero. And then it comes about 25% of the time that it loses money. And so very, very few does it end up with that number that you want. Now, we're all happy when it's higher than that percentage we want, but it never falls in that range of that 8 to 12. It, it just doesn't hit that very often. And so it's a long-term average we want to hit, but it's typically not what you're going to get every year. So now we've been talking about when somebody comes in and talks to us, they're 45 to 55 and they're still trying to figure out how much do I need to save. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the other equation of people that are at that retirement doorstep and they've got more money than they need. Our process is designed to look at, let's carve off the amount of money that you've got that needs to be dedicated and protected to support those income goals through retirement. Now that we know what that is, let's look at the other assets that you've got. What are the goals for it? Are you passing that? Is that to pass on to the kids? Pay for grandkids college? Are you, char- are you charitably minded? That's where we can then start looking at building a plan for that money. It's, mm-hmm. And it's always, always goes back to that plan. What's the goals for that money? It may be, it's not always about your income, but how do we prep it? How do we, how do we invest it? For that, you know, when you, when you think of money that you have, everybody tends to think as you go into retirement, 
that all of your money is in one big bucket. And it's true in the beginning. Right? When you're saving for retirement, you want to keep your hands off of that bucket, and you want to grow it as big as you can. And then you retire, and then on purpose, you're going to go over and poke a hole in it to start taking money out of it to spend. And then the reality of retirement kicks in that when you're working, the cost of everything doesn't mean as much because you're earning a salary from your employer, and it'll cover for if I spend a little too much here at the restaurant or spend a little too much here. But when you retire and you poke the hole in your bucket and now you're spending your own money, the cost of everything becomes everything that you're looking for ways to reduce your spending because you don't want to run out of money in your bucket. And what we look at is instead of looking at it as one big bucket, it's exactly what Brian talked about is let's put a bucket aside that this is for retirement income. Let's put a bucket aside that this is you know, a safety bucket. It's a buffer between clients and the stock market. It's a little place we can go to that's safe that'll provide income maybe for a couple of years. Let's have a bucket for retirement and let's have a bucket for charity or a bucket to leave for the kids. And each of those buckets then have their own goals and their own long-term considerations that we're investing for. And so if you have the bucket that you're going to leave the kids 20 or 30 years from now, and it's invested more aggressively, it gives you comfort to know if the market gets volatile, that's not money you need to live on for your retirement. It's built on the other bucket of money. And so when we break it up that way and we look at it in three or four or five buckets, it's a lot easier to digest, I find, for clients to see it that way than looking at it as all one big bucket that we have to, to, to go after because it, it's, it's, it's too, um, I don't know what word I'm trying to think of, it's, it's almost too much to process sometimes or, or too much to get well, through. Well, like it's like a calculus problem. You start a calculus problem with a very complex solution. Nobody, nobody gives the answer to a calculus problem in one step. Mm-hmm. You start breaking it down into pieces. You mm-hmm. divide it up, and you end up with about 10 different smaller, simpler answers. And then with those 10, you can get to the complex answer for the whole question. Mm-hmm. That's effectively yeah. what we're doing. It's a bunch of word problems. and mm-hmm. you know, I, I know most people hated word problems when they were kids. I love them. Yep. It's, it's what we do every day is bring me your complicated word problem. Tell me what you'd like for it to solve for, and let's see if we can do it and how we figure it out. And we'll use the knowledge we have of of taxes, the knowledge we have of investing, the knowledge we have of cash flow, of risk management, of retirement planning, of estate State planning, planning. Yep. and putting all that together in a, in a word problem and give me your inputs and tell me what you're trying to accomplish, and we'll figure it out. And if it can't be done, we'll tell you. If it can be done, we'll tell you and go through that process with you. And and the reason I want to spend so much time on this is because of this volatility. I just want to go back to our foundational principle. Whether you manage money yourself or you use another advisor or you're a client of ours, it's having that process in place that is, is the compass pointing the direction that you want to go and everything else is lined up behind it. And money is following what's important to you. Money is not leading what's important to you. And we can't look at the world through our wallet. You look at the world through your family, through your work, and what you're giving back and through the fun you want to experience in it. And then money follows that to help you empower it. And when you have a market like this and a time like this that we're in, I want to put in perspective just how strong our economy is. And what we're seeing now is all the frothiness from the summer that you had all these you know, tech stocks that ran up to ridiculous levels. I think that they were 80%, 90% of the returns for the year was in seven companies. And that's just- All that's, in the tech sector. One sector, seven companies. It's ridiculous to think of, but it was that high. And, and I want to go back and just look at this amazing American economy. Those of you that came to our client education workshops last month in September, you heard us talk about a lot of these things. 
And I just want to go through, I've got a printout here in front of us that came in this morning, and I just want to read through some of these on the, on the good news that's out there in our economy and the strength that lays ahead of us for now that, you know, we're still fine. It's not going to fall apart yet, but, you know, we're in a heck of a, of a bull recovery, but there's too much positive data coming in for this to be over with. And so, example, it looks like the GDP, tomorrow they report it. It looks like we're up 4% for GDP. That's amazing growth that we're seeing. And we're seeing that, that going forward, we're probably going to be at three and a half in the fourth quarter as well, which is really healthy for a, a massive economy like ours. Now, remember, we're less than 5% of the world population, and we produce a quarter of the world's GDP. And we increase that quarter percent by 4% and then we're in, in one quarter. And then we're going to increase it by 3.5% the next quarter. I mean, that's pretty phenomenal. Wages are growing, so the private sector is hiking minimum wages. They're paying more money. The workers are having more money in their paychecks. Consumer spending is, is looking really nice right now. The labor market's the best it's been in a generation. And all that adds up to the holiday season. People are going to yeah. be spending money, We're gonna get the which Santa is going to drive the market. We're going to get the Santa Claus rally or the Santa Claus effect that Kenny talks about in our office. He's our portfolio manager and investment manager, and he talks about the Santa Claus rally every year that people are going to go out, and especially when your paychecks are higher and 401ks are higher, people are going to crank it up. You know, and on a side note, because everything is so good right now, I'm seeing, and this is in a, a couple of, of, of reports I've read, and I've also seen it internally with clients, more people are borrowing money from their 401ks right now. And that was the same thing that we saw as a leading indicator back in 2001, right? Yeah. Whenever it gets real good. Mm -hmm. People tend to start borrowing from their 401k, and I'm telling you, You've got to keep your mitts off your 401k. That's for retirement. You can't go in and take that to increase your lifestyle. Once you ratchet that up, you won't be able to ratchet it down, right? If you're using it to get rid of expensive debt, a whole different conversation. And you don't have any other assets out there, a whole different conversation. If you're using it to expand your lifestyle to buy more, shame on you. I'm going to smack you on the wrist and stop it. Leave your 401k alone and let it do its job. And you can't steal from it to increase your lifestyle because you'll just, you're just borrowing from your retirement and you need that money later on. You're always on. chasing at that point. I mean, household net worth is up. Inflation's going up, but it's not out of control. Typically, inflation follows what the banks are paying for CDs. And what are the banks paying for CDs? Hardly anything. I hear clients all the time say, boy, I wish I had the CD rates of the 80s. That'd be nice. Well, yeah, they were paying 16 17% for a year. But inflation was also 16 17% for that same year. So it's not like you get 16% for life. You got it for a short period of time, and it went through. But corporate earnings are, have been really, really good because of the tax. have been spectacular because of the tax cuts. They're going to still be very good. Corporations are making a good profit. We don't know what the Federal Rate Reserve is going to do with rate hikes. With the market sell-off, more than likely is they're going to continue to make their rate hikes. They need to. We've kept them down for too long, and now we've got to play some catch-up. But I know Trump is fighting against Jerome Powell to, to make those, uh, those rate hikes. We kept everything too cheap for too long, and we've got to allow it to, to go up. You know, it looks like a trade war with China, of all the numbers that we see, is that it's not going to really take much away from our GDP growth. China's out of options. They've tariffed everything now. They tariffed everything that we buy from them. It's about $110 billion, $112 billion. They're buying from us about $112 billion worth of goods, and we're buying from them about $550 billion in goods. Yeah. They've tariffed it all. We still have prime in the pump. We can still go up. Yeah, we still have 50%, 60% more. And I would expect that Trump will put tariffs on everything. Well, and their economy is slowing down, so really it looks like they're going to have to come to the negotiating table. 
And we're not trying, it's not a matter of trying to cripple the Chinese economy. No. It's a matter of just, you know, some of the earlier podcasts we've talked about the difference, the disparity between what we're tariffing mm -hmm. the biggest economies out there versus what, yeah, they're, what they're tariffing us. They're three times bigger than not only what we do, but other first world economies. We pay about an average of a three and a half percent tariff on goods that they're purchasing from us. And man, I'm all complicated this morning on this whole thing. It's really simple. You know, <laughs> when we buy stuff from them, they charge us 10%. And when they buy stuff from us, we only charge them three and a half. And so, you know, we've got to, we've got to flip that and get it more to an equal playing field because they've built a phenomenal economy that we've helped them build that's running. UK, you look at Canada, you look at Mexico, there's an advantage for them. We're tariffing mm -hmm. them less than they're tariffing us, mm -hmm. but it's nowhere near the, the gap we've got with China. Yeah, it's So that's going to close. And, and, you know, Canada, Mexico, EU, that's over with. Right. The budget deficit is still manageable for a while. As the rates go up, that means we're going to start paying more to refinance the debt. Right now, I know the number is big that's in the debt and the deficit. It's the biggest ever. And it will probably always continue to be the biggest ever, provided our economy is growing. The rate that we're financing our debt at is very low, but as rates go up, it means when we have to refinance this debt in the future, we're going to have to pay more for treasuries, right? That's how the government pays for the debt is they issue a treasury and they agree to pay a certain percentage for everybody to float our debt in the world and our deficit. And that percentage is going to continue to go up and it's really going to eat up our economy here in a number of years if we don't get this contained. But What's really disappointing is the Republicans keep spending and the Democrats keep spending and nobody wants to stop and put the credit card away. They're all running around with this unlimited credit card, buying everything that they can find and promising everything to their constituents. And it's ridiculous and we need to cut because it's going to be out of control in the future when we try and finance this down the road as rates go up. It's not going to be pretty. But for right now, it's not affecting us in the future. I mean, it certainly will affect us. And uh Getting them to make a decision off into the future is pretty difficult. Given they're only looking at next election period, that's for sure. Yeah, they're waiting for it to blow up, and then they'll fix it and blame it on somebody, you know, as you run through it. But I, I don't think the, the election coming up is going to produce big tidal waves. You know, if the Democrats take the House, Trump still has veto my power over it, so there's not much that can be done. I hope it doesn't end in a stalemate that we can still make progress, and we'll see what ends up happening there. You know, beginning of the year, everybody's worried about North Korea. I don't think anybody's talked North Korea, what, in two months, three months? He's going to have to throw another tantrum to get some attention. Yeah, I think it's pretty much over that his tantrum is uh, thrown and done. You know, but there's always things we can worry about in the marketplace. But fundamentally, everything's running pretty strong. We may finish the year pretty nicely as we go into the, we get through earnings season and we finish up. I, you know, I, I think it looks positive through the end of this year and through the end of next year and possibly into 2020, you know, that we're there. There's concerns beyond that that we see, but I think short-term that we're just not in a position where we're going to get beat up too badly right now. And really we're just seeing the tech market and all the all those that really took off this year having a sell-off. The market is, you know, the money is moving to other companies. Then the stock market, that repositioning has got to happen, which is creating all of this, you know, volatility and uncertainty right now. Knowing that and keeping in perspective, it's normal. A 15% pullback during the year is normal. Now, we had one this year in February. Probably forgot we had a 15%er in February. I think it was 14 was the official it number. It wasn't quite 15, yep. And we're, we, maybe we get a 15 here. I don't know. But knowing that, it's all normal. Yeah. This is just part of the deal. We just haven't had a lot of volatility in the markets lately because if you remember last year, in 2017, the market did hardly anything. I think the most it lost during the year was 3%.
And it pretty much just went up. And that had, used to that. It had almost been a full 24 months because it was 2016 January that was the last time there was a 15% pullback. So we're coming back to normal. This is nothing abnormal. This is the way it is. But the best way to look at the markets is to have a plan. And we use our proprietary process called the True Life Map Formula to build that plan for you, to get that plan set up for you, to position where we want to run and then get it aligned with the rate of return you need to achieve and making sure it's, it's realistic, that it matches up with what you can realistically earn and it matches up with your risk tolerance as a family or an individual that it's in line with that. Once those are there and that's set up, I mean, you can just rock and roll to building and, and, and completing that task of making that work optional lifestyle. And it's amazing when you see somebody that finally has that defined. You know, we spend most of our time battling fear and greed. Yeah. And once you have that defined, you no longer have to ride the roller coaster of the news and the S&P's ups and downs and, and the fear and, and greed that comes with that. You've now got your compass pointed in the right direction. You know what you need to make your goals a reality. And uh, it takes a lot of stress off. Yeah, it does. A ton of stress off. Any closing comments, Mr. Paulson? I think we've chewed on this long enough. Yeah, but I, uh, you know, we love having you guys here with us every week. I'd love to hear your comments. You can email me directly, Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, at retirewithtrue.com. Uh, share what you like, what you don't like, what you love about the show, what you'd like us to talk about. I'm happy to throw it in and add it. But I really wanted today to talk about the foundational vision that you need to have and focus for your plan is having that plan written and having it working with an advisor who has a philosophy you're comfortable with and then getting that plan in writing. So it's not just in vapor talk through, but put it in writing that you have it. That's the full process that we do for our clients and for any new prospective clients that come in. We thank you for listening to Mission Work Optional, brought to you by True Wealth and Company. I'm your host, Brian Sarf. I'm with me every week. Brian Paulson. We'll be back every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. Be sure to spread the word to your friends and family, and don't keep us a secret. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, connect with us on LinkedIn, and don't ever forget, invest wisely, save early, so you too can make work optional. You've been listening to Mission Work Optional with True Wealth and Company. Visit us online at retirewithtrue.com or call us at 913-653-TRUE. That's 913-653-8783. Investment advice offered through True Wealth and Company, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Kansas.